Welcome to Emerge Dynamics. Emerge Dynamics. The podcast for those who manage and invest in middle market private companies across the globe. globe. We're telling the stories of the unsung champions who take enormous risks every day to weave the fabric of our societies. Those who collectively, from the multi-trillion dollar largest market on the planet, we're diving into the dynamics of what makes some of them emerge from their peers and create incredible returns and impact on their communities. This is Emerge Dynamics. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Emerge Dynamics podcast. I'm David Cusimano here with Eric Wingerter. David. Good to be talking again, Eric, and excited to get back to financial analysis. So, folks, you may remember two episodes ago, we kicked off what we thought would be an episode on financial analysis. We kind of had a hunch that maybe it might be longer than one episode, but we quickly dove into all sorts of topics that we said, wow, we really think we should unpack these. So we're going to do that now. Uh, So if you go back two episodes ago and you hear what we were talking about, one of the things that we said we would do in an upcoming episode was talk about things like return on assets and return on equity. So these are things that involve the balance sheet and the income statement. These are metrics that put the income statement and balance sheet together to start to understand in a really powerful way, I think, how a business is performing. So that's what we're going to do here now. And this is what our conversation will be. So Eric, any initial thoughts on... No, I I think, yeah, what we're trying to do is unpack a little bit more rather than just exclusively look at the income statement to combine, as you said, the, the analysis of the balance sheet and the income statement together so that we can look about the efficiency within the company in the case of the ROA, the efficiency of how well we're utilizing our assets in the company. And then in the ROE calculation, it's just a further dive into the profitability of the company and just with a, a a different twist there with the with the balance sheet combined with the income statement. Absolutely. In our last episode where we talked about this, I gave an example of a business owner who was just very insistent on increasing margins. And right. I, I was able to work through a math example to show, yes, increasing margin is a very good thing. Not, however, at the expense of return on assets. I think maybe what we can do is I, I did actually work that out in a in a spreadsheet. And, and if I can, I'll attach that spreadsheet to the show notes if anybody wants to uh, prove the math to themselves. But maybe Eric, we can just for now verbally talk about a simple this example, compare and contrast here. And I'm thinking about like, so let's just take company A and company B. I don't remember if I did this in the last episode, but it's worth doing again, even if I if we did but let's say company A has 10 million in revenue and 1 million in cash flow. We'll call it free positive operating cash flow. Company B, 10 million in revenue, 1 million in cash flow. And everything else in their financial statements, and not everything, a lot of other things on their income statement at least, they're all the same, right? So from an income statement perspective, from an EBITDA perspective, these companies are identical. The difference is. Right. Company A, the owners of the company had to invest $2 million of assets in order to be able to have the privilege of a million dollars of cash coming to them every year. 
Company B, the owners of that business had to invest $5 million of assets in order to have the privilege of a million dollars of cash flow coming back to them every year. You can start to see when we put it that way, it's like, wait a second, would you rather invest $2 million or $5 million in order to get a million right. back a year? <laughs> Pretty right. easy to answer that question, right? Yeah, but like you said, same, same cash flow, but, but clearly the value of these companies is going to be different because of the investment that's required in order to get those cash flows. Exactly. And so I, that, that's linking back to our previous episodes on valuation, right? The, the, company A is going to sell for a much higher multiple than company B will, even though they're the same EBITDA, right? So just to look and say, oh, you know, I'm going to get a five multiple, right? That doesn't really unpack the story as much. In reality, transactions happen at all different levels and ROA is one of the reasons that this could happen. I'm thinking too, Eric, about let's maybe think about how well does a business owner need to understand ROA and ROE, which we'll talk about in just a second. You know, I don't think if you are a business owner, let's say you've got a business, 10 million in revenue, 50 million in revenue. I don't think you need to understand ROA and ROE as well as maybe a financial analyst working in your company or an outsourced advisor who's helping you. But I think you do need to know what these concepts are. And you need to very much understand that the more efficient you are with your assets, the better everything's happening here. What are your thoughts on that? No, well, for sure. Because uh, again, you know, this is following up on our discussions previously on business valuations. And you need to know that the efficiency of your business will come into play when it comes to the valuation of that business. And so knowing this concept, in, in this case, particularly the, the ROA calculation, is you need to know it because it will impact the valuation of your business if you ever go to sell. And I know you were have raised the issue, and I think in your example, David, that you were going to link to this is about you know improving margin, but you know, which is very important. But it to do that, you have to substantially invest, let's say, in inventory of that business. And you might have to double or triple the amount of inventory that you're holding in order to get purchasing power to lower your, your cost there. In the one sense, you could improve your profitability, but at the expense of having to reinvest capital into your business. And so you have to do the math to see whether or not that is going to overall improve the business value or it's going to basically keep it the same or it could, in worst case, potentially decrease the value of the business if that's what it takes. You know, that, that asset inefficiency is what it takes in order to gain those margin points. Absolutely. And so what I'd recommend is, you know, for a business owner to say, what was our ROA last year? And how could we push this up? Is it already as good as it's going to get or could we get better? And we can look to benchmarks, industry data, things like that to start to get an idea. If other people out there in our industry are doing better than us at our ROA, that's one way to do it. Also, we can just look at time series data and start to understand, hey, you know, this year my ROA was this, last year was that, why is that? And then can I do better here? Can I push this up? And let's just say my ROA last year was 10%. 
which would be okay, but not a particularly impressive ROA. I think when you start getting above 20%, it starts to get more exciting. Those are usually companies that are very special who are able to you know, operate at that level. And so we started saying, okay, how can I do this? Well, I can increase my margin or I can decrease my assets, right? I've got a few levers I can pull. And what I want to make sure people don't come away from this conversation with, I don't want anyone to come away and say, hey, I listened to this podcast, these Eric and David guys, they said, don't worry about margin, worry about ROA. <laughs> so we're not saying margin right. is important, worry about margin, but don't do it at the expense of ROA. Make sure you're holding your ROA or hopefully increasing it. Yeah, well, we've, we've said oftentimes, be careful that we're not using metrics and financial analysis to basically become our targets and everything is driven by that. They're just important things to know and understand and to know how those things impact the efficiency in the business, the valuation of the business. But just going and saying, I'm, I'm going to focus on this today and put the blinders on everything else, that's always a dangerous thing to do. So everything has to be put into the right context when we're speaking about it. Absolutely. And, and to that end, Eric, I would say, remembering that we're not chasing ROA, we're not chasing profit, we're chasing a vision, we're chasing a purpose, right? These are just ways to measure how, how, how are we doing with that? Are we doing a job? Are we staying the course or are we not, right? Or do we need to do we need a course correction? And how, how effective are we in, in executing on that plan in the most uh, efficient and effective way? Absolutely. So let's contrast ROA with ROE, if we could, Eric. ROA is a really good metric to look at, especially when I'm evaluating the performance of management, because it has so much to do with the assets in the business and how they are being employed. And another way to look at ROA, and by the way, you know what is it? It's, it's operating income over total assets in the business. You can also do a, um, you know, you can also look at the, the tax effects on operating income as well, but for simplicity's sake, it's operating income over the assets in the business. Another way to think about it is for every dollar of assets that I've put in place, deployed in this business, how many dollars or cents am I getting back a year out of that investment? And that's the world that management lives in. They live in that, they, they have the assets of the business at their disposal to their stewards of that those assets and they have to put them to work and they create returns, right? So I like to look at that as, assessment of management. How are they doing? ROE, return on equity, is similar, but tells us different information. And so ROE is net income. So this is the bottom of the income statement after interest expense divided by the equity that's in the business. And why this is so important is if you think about the assets in the business, let's think about You've got a million dollars of assets deployed in your business. Well, there's two ways, maybe there's more, but there's two usual ways that those assets could have possibly gotten there. One is you, the business owner, paid for them, right? You came up with the million dollars and bought the assets. You could have done that through reinvesting operating cash flow. You could have done that by injecting cash into your business. But regardless, it's your cash you put in the business. Another way is you can borrow the money. Right, so you may go to a bank and borrow seven hundred thousand dollars, and you put up three hundred thousand dollars, and with this combination, you end up with a million dollars now that you can now use to buy a million dollars of assets to get your business up and running. Well, what's 
neat about ROE though is you, the owner, are very interested in what's your return. You didn't have to come up with a million. You came up with 300,000. So that 300,000 is your investment in the business. If there's multiple partners, it's the total of the partner's investment in the business. What's the return they are getting? And ROE tells us that. Right. And the reason why we're using net income in that case, David, as opposed to operating income, as you said, in the ROA calculation, is that ROE takes into consideration the total equity in the business. And as you said, if we have debt or we've deployed debt in order to acquire some of those assets to generate the income, well, then we're paying those debt holders, we are paying them interest. And so some of the cash flows of the business have gone towards the payment of those stakeholders. And so we want to be able to take out that that part of the equation and get back to what is left for the equity holders and what investment that they have specifically made versus what maybe the company has borrowed in order to to grow the business. So once we get ROE, from a personal standpoint, that number has meaning. It can help direct decisions in our lives. Sure. Well, as, as equity holders, and whether that's you as the as the sole business owner or you have partners or other members that are invested in the company, what that is telling you is for the investments that we've made, both the initial investments, capital infusion that we've made into the company, and the continual reinvestment of the earnings that have not been distributed out to the shareholders, but have uh, been retained in the business, what return are we getting on those investments in this business versus if we were to take those operating profits, if you will, and distribute them to the shareholders and then have them reinvest somewhere else, is that a, is that a better deal? Well, do you, you don't know that unless you run these calculations and say, well, what actually is my return on investment, on this equity that I put in to this company. And if the company is earning at a higher rate of return than what you might be able to do by taking that in a distribution and and reinvesting that in something else, well, then you want to continue to reinvest in that business. But you need to run these calculations to be able to tell yourself in order to make those good decisions on behalf of you, the other shareholders, and on behalf of the company. Absolutely. Like you said, I think this becomes a a metric or a barometer for how does this investment in my business compare to other investments I could make in my life? I could buy real estate. I could invest in the stock market. We're recording this September of 2022 when maybe the stock market is not the best return. I'm sure that will change at some point. But you know, you've got the other investments you could make and there's returns on those investments. And every day that we show up at our business, we're making investments in that. We're reinvesting our time, our talent in that business. And so do we want to keep doing that? And and I think I don't want to boil it down to a complete financial decision. Like it, I don't think I don't recommend saying, "Hey, I've got this other investment, where whatever it may be, stock market or something else, and it can pay me a nine percent return a year, and my ROE and my business is eight percent." And so, therefore, I listened to these guys, Eric and David, and they told me I should go for a maximum ROE. So I'll close my business and invest in the stock market. From okay. a purely financial standpoint, that might be the conclusion you come up with. But yeah, going back, Eric, to our point we just made a few minutes ago, like 
why are we doing this business? If it's purely to maximize ROE, what's the vision? What's the dream? What's the purpose? What am I trying to accomplish here? And certainly there's stuff there. Also, it may be freedom to operate my lifestyle, how I want to operate it. You can't capture that in ROE. But you do want to make sure you understand, don't, don't go through your whole career blind and, <laughs> and thinking you're creating amazing wealth when you aren't, right? Don't go through your whole career making an ROE of 5% when you could have been making 10% for 20 years somewhere else and you just had no clue, right? That's the thing we want to kind of maybe inform people on so they're yeah. making educated decisions on where they're spending uh, their time. Yeah. I think that's the main message for the audience is that these calculations exist. They, they provide additional insights into the efficiency and uh, the level of profitability of this business. And it helps you then to make better decisions with respect to how efficient are we being and how can we be more efficient with our, our utilization of assets and if I want to reinvest in this business and you're making decisions, do I put more into this business or less into this business? Then it's, it's a fundamental way of evaluating and helping you make those decisions better. But they can't be things that are, that are done in a vacuum. It has to bring it just it's a piece of the puzzle when you're evaluating the company and its effectiveness. And so that's the main thing is, is these numbers exist. These calculations exist. They have a purpose to help you better manage your business and make better business decisions with you and your management team. Absolutely. Well said. And Eric, I think before we wrap up, we should put a couple of, I don't know what the word is, caveats maybe, because I know just in our experience in dealing with businesses, especially businesses that are on the smaller end, People will, might listen to this and go say, great, I want to know what my ROE is. And they'll pull out their financial statements and they'll look at net income divided by, you know, which is the bottom of the income statement, divided by equity, which is close to pretty much the bottom of the balance sheet. And they'll end up with a number that's a negative number. And say, oh my goodness, right? Like, or maybe they'll get a 1% or they'll get a, um, a negative number. And they'll think to themselves, oh, my goodness, my business is terrible. I'm falling apart, right? And so I think we need to just qualify this a little bit. Everything Eric and I are saying right now is assuming that your financial statements are accurate and assuming that you're keeping them on a gap basis and that they are not distorted. And so here's a quick example we've said before, but I think we should bring it up right now. If you have a piece of equipment that you bought for a million dollars this year or say last year, and you found a way to do bonus depreciation, you accelerated almost all or all of that equipment, the depreciation on that equipment last year, that means you had a $1 million expense on your tax books last year. For a lot of businesses that aren't keeping their books on straight line depreciation like they should, they're, they're really what they're doing is kind of a hybrid between tax and book in, in their management books. They're going to have a negative $1 million expense, which is probably going to make net income go negative. When that income goes negative, it drives equity down, and you end up with something that just doesn't make any sense when you're calculating return on equity. So very important, folks. If what I'm saying sounds like, oh, my goodness, I don't even, I can't follow even what he's saying right now. This is too much. 
it's okay. I don't think as a, for most business owners, you don't need to be able to follow everything I just said, but what you do need to do is to be able to go to your advisor, either your advisor, your internal CFO, your internal accountants, and say, I need to understand the actual ROE of my business. And let's make sure these, these financial statements are not distorted. Let's make sure they're giving us the true picture of the performance of our business. So that's pretty, that. yeah. you know, that's a must or everything we're saying, you're, you're going to draw wrong conclusions. Another thing we see too, is there are business, the distortions are all fixed, but equity is still negative. This is not unusual. It's not a preferred thing, but it isn't unusual, especially for a business that's maybe in its first couple of years of operations. It's lost money the first couple of years as it's finding its footing. Again, we would prefer our total equity in our balance sheet to be positive. But if you're one of the business owners with negative equity in your balance sheet, even after you fix the distortions, don't panic. For now, use ROA as something that can be a bit of a, you know, a, a guide for you. But, and then work on what are the things I can do to make sure my equity does become positive in the near future. Exactly. Well, and, and David, I know on that previous episode that, that you mentioned, we also said that we wanted to unpack this financial analysis, not just looking at the historical financials, which the last that episode and this episode was really all about the historical financial statement. But it's also then what are we doing to look into the future? And I think that's a great topic for our, our next episode, because I think that's when it comes into not only for running the business and helping to manage it it better, but also when we're looking at other external stakeholders like banks and and others who may be looking to invest in the company, it's very, very important to not only have the historical information, but also a good, solid picture of what the future looks like. Absolutely. Absolutely. So with that, Eric, I think that's a great, great way to close us out. Looking forward to those topics coming up next as we continue this and very much the things that Eric just mentioned will tie into ROA and ROE because when we do map out the future, we want to give confidence to ourselves that we're embarking in a future that will keep these metrics in line. So we'll keep watching these as, as we build the future. So very much looking forward to that. With that, folks, we'll go ahead and sign off and we'll see you next time. 